a lot of the stuff is out there that I had no intention of ever finishing. Right. They're like scribbles on a pad, right. you know what I mean? It's unspeakably um, embarrassing. Welcome to the Spooky Electric Podcast by me, Trent Venegas. You need another podcast like you need another hole in your head. So here we go. Hello, Austin. I'm back again. You're back again. And I'm ready to party. So here we are uh, with part two of our discussion of Madonna's The Rebel Heart Era. Um, The last uh, episode, uh, we talked about the album, uh, the full track list. We talked a little bit about the tour. uh, And then um, over the course of that conversation, we talked here and there about the massive demos leak that happened right before the release of the album and because uh those demos make up such an interesting body of work that was never officially released uh austin and i decided that we had to talk about the demos and uh the leak and what our feelings and opinions are of those demos so uh, a part two of this episode was necessary. Yeah, this is the one I'm really excited about. I, I've never actually had like a long conversation about these demos with anybody. So I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah, um, I distinctly remember, and I mentioned this a little bit in, the, in part one, um, when, when, when a song or two leaks, I might listen. Sometimes I don't because I'm like, oh, I can usually wait. I don't want it to be spoiled. But, you know, the first two songs leaked and then 13 songs leaked and then another 10 or 13 songs leaked. Like everything just started leaking like crazy. And they were like the full songs for the most part. Like some of them cut off at the end. But this was like the biggest um, leak of unreleased music from an artist of Madonna's caliber that I think had ever happened and such quality songs um, months before the album was due to be released. I mean, for her and her team and for her record label, it was a huge disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So before we talk about the uh, individual tracks uh, that we are going to talk about in this uh, part two of our discussion. Uh, Let me talk uh, a little bit in more detail about um, the time when the the demos started leaking. So on November 28th, 2014, Billboard magazine uh, published a story about the first songs that leaked from the album. Uh, they reported that on Thursday, November 27th, uh, a snippet of a Madonna song rumored to be titled Rebel Rebel Heart leaked to the internet. At the time, Madonna's publicist had no comment about the leak, uh, but Madonna's manager, Gaio Siri, tweeted, quote, I would be grateful to any Madonna fans that can assist us in finding those responsible for the leak. We appreciate your help. So the first song was posted to the internet. They rightly freaked out because, you know, 
even one song being leaked was something that Madonna did not want to see happen. So they immediately reached out to the fans via Twitter to try and find out where the leak was coming from. Um, the song was, uh, it was 40 seconds of Rebel Heart. And, and then the reporting goes on to, to talk about like what, what the lyrics are in the snippet. Uh, they mentioned that it was, it might be a co-production with Avicii. Uh, they mentioned that she had been using the hashtag Rebel Heart uh, on her Instagram when she was in the studio with Avicii that earlier that year recording, working on music. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then they finished their report by saying, you know, like her last album debuted at number one, blah, 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 blah. Then uh, on December 17th, so two or three weeks after, I think two weeks after, um, 13 full songs from Madonna's uh, album sessions uh, leaked to the internet in full including, um, oh, and then at this point, so this information comes from the, the, the website, Oh No, They Didn't, which is a live journal that is, that is made up of like, just anyone can, can post uh, articles and stories and they can comment back and forth. So it's, it's like a forum, but it's more, it's a blog, but it, it, it operates kind of like a forum. The rumor at the time was that the album might be titled Unapologetic Bitch or Iconic because those were two of the demos that had leaked. Um, then more information came out with, uh, or more discussion of who she was working with in 2014 on some of these songs, including Diplo, Avicii, Natalia Kills, and Ryan Tedder, who we now know worked on some of these demos and some of the album tracks that made the final album. So the 13 songs that released that leaked uh, on December 14th were Unapologetic Bitch, Bitch I'm Madonna, Addicted, The One That Got Away, Borrowed Time, Heartbreak City, Illuminati, Joan of Arc, Living for Love with the subtitle Carry On, Make the Devil Pray, Messiah, Rebel Heart, Revolution, and Wash All Over Me. Then, on December 25th, 14 more songs leaked. So at this point, it was disaster. Like, the whole entire album, and then songs that wouldn't even make the album, everything just leaked in full to the internet. And then this next batch included... Uh, collaborations with Pharrell Williams, who Madonna worked with on her uh, album Hard Candy. And then at this point, um, Madonna was just livid. This was the point where she was posting on Instagram that the leaks were, quote, artistic rape. And she referred to the leaks as, quote, a form of terrorism, which... Um, you know, understandable that she was upset, but the fact that she was using this kind of language didn't really set well with fans. I mean, like nothing about this time was was uh, positive for her. Like, it's like her house was burning and she was throwing gasoline on the flames to try and put it out. It was just a disaster uh, for her, for her record label. I mean, like just the thought of like how much 
money she was pot potentially losing because the value of her album was being diminished because of these demos leaks. And and you as an artist, Austin, I'm sure you understand, like you work so hard on songs for years, some of them unfinished. I mean, I have been um, very fortunate where you've played for me some of your demos and, you know, your, your songs that aren't finished with the caveat, like, you know, this isn't finished, but what do you think? You know what I mean? Like you, you, you don't want people to hear your songs until they're finished. So I'm sure you can understand kind of what she was possibly going through. Oh my God, it's a, that, the idea of that is a nightmare. Like for me, just the idea of like three people hearing something that I don't think is perfect because that's like really like a, a sacred thing. Um, and the idea that millions of people are hearing this unfinished stuff with vocals that aren't done and songs that you know maybe you worked on for a day and you're like oh this is terrible I don't want anybody to hear it it's just that must I can't even imagine the devastation that she would feel with that so this next big old batch of songs uh, that were leaked um, were Iconic Veni Vidi Vici Beautiful Scars Freedom God is Love Hold Tight Best Night Inside Out Tragic Girl Nothing Lasts Forever Back That Up, Do It, featuring Pharrell, Holy Water, Gra Graffiti Heart, and Body Shop. Um, at this point, the decision was made by Madonna and her people to um, put the album up for pre-order on iTunes. This was around Christmas, and if I remember correctly, they were freaking out because everyone at, like, at iTunes and Apple, they had like gone away for Christmas. It was literally like Christmas Day. So... They had to like call in like huge favors to get um, a pre-order version of Rebel Heart on iTunes. They decided to release the first six songs from the album to try and pull fans away from, you know, focusing or listening to the to the demos to listen to the songs that were finished that she was, you know, ready for fans to hear. All around Christmas, months, months before like you know the album wasn't coming out in january it was supposed to come out in like march or something like months early like just a disaster on the other hand for fans it was like oh my god like this hitting the lottery like striking you know striking a jackpot or hitting the jackpot at the slot machine like the the songs that were leaking and i fully admit I listened because once, you know, one or two songs I'm willing to like not listen to if, if they leak early. But when you have like 20 something songs, I, I, I couldn't resist. And I loved every single thing that I heard, even songs that once they made the album and I was like, so, so about like there's there was something for me that was like um, not special I don't, I don't know how to describe it because it's the same sort of thing like when you austin like will send me a, a song to listen to there's something really cool from a listener's perspective that's like you know i'm the only one hearing this or you trust me so much to hear to hear it in this early form like there's some there for me as a fan there's like this little specialness to it and to have an entire album, almost two albums of Madonna songs like that was like a gift. Yeah. It was a Christmas gift. Um, what was your initial reaction? Because, you know, you as a music, a musician, 
and you understanding how horrifying it must have been for her that her songs were leaking like did you have any reservations about listening or like what was your experience like for me it was like they're everywhere they're not going anywhere i i knew that i was going to listen to them because as you said there's no way i'm gonna have two albums worth of madonna songs where i'm gonna be like "Mm, i'll skip it but uh i did i i think the important thing was to not share it more once it was out there it was so i mean you could find it anywhere these songs were everywhere and fans were already everywhere like fan art for it and they're putting track lists together like i think that if anybody says if any huge madonna fans this says oh i never listened to any of those demos i would probably say they're probably lying i have to say while i think that's for the most part true there are like diehards who i i fully believe actively purposely did not listen these are also the kind of people that were like you know ratting people out you know like when gaio siri asked you know who, you know, who, if you have any information, blah, blah, blah. I went back and looked at that, that his Twitter feed from, from 2014. And you just have people after people saying, oh, I got it from so-and-so like linking to like their friends or whatever. Like there was a segment of, of the fan base that was, you know, trying to rat people yeah, out. I think those people were probably also listening to them, but if not, I'm sure they have yeah. by now. Yeah. By now. Yeah. I mean, it's a far gone conclusion that um, that everybody who's remotely interested in this album or Madonna in general will have heard uh, the demos. So with that said, let's talk about the let's. demos. Okay, so this portion of uh of this episode austin is wholly responsible for doing all of the heavy lifting he uh he curated the 20 uh demos that we're going to talk about um he sequenced them in in a way that he thought that the songs flowed better and again as a musician he definitely has an ear for that and I love what he put together. So uh, he put together uh, a YouTube uh, playlist that has all 20 of the demos that we're going to discuss. So um, while you can't hear these demos on any streaming platform like Spotify for our our playlist for the first part of this episode, this playlist is available on YouTube and um, I will have it on on my YouTube profile, uh, Trent Venegas. Spooky Electric, Madonna, the Rebel Heart demos, like it'll be easy to find. Um, so uh, Austin, you selected 20, 20 demos. Five of the songs uh, mentioned here made the album. Uh, 13 of them were never officially released. And one of them uh, was reworked and was released officially on Madame X. Yep. Is that right? Okay, so let's get to it. Track one, Wash Over Me. Yes. Produced by Avicii. And this song, yep, and this one made it to the album. Yeah, in a very different form. (laughs) 
This yep. was probably, I'd say, alongside with the original version of Rebel Heart, the biggest disappointment for fans because this was so unanimously well-received when it came out. The strings are epic. People were so thrilled that she was doing dance music well again after doing it mm-hmm. you know, arguably not super great on MDNA. The, the production is epic. The lyrics are genius. The, it just, it was like, it was like a Madonna fan's wet dream. It was like everything that the fans had been dying for since Confessions. And then she turns it into like a sludgy piano ballad on the album. And people are like, what the fuck? But this is such a great, yep. I think this is such a great intro to the Rebel Heart demos because it just punches you in the face straight out the gate. And it is everything that is good about a Madonna song. Yep. Um, in my opinion, this is how the song should sound. Uh, this this version of the song sounds more full, more fully realized. This is a song that would like headline Coachella, Glastonbury. Like it's a it's a banger where like tens of thousands of people were just like dancing and raging and jumping to it like in a huge stadium. Um, in another world, one where Madonna made different choices with this album, this song would have been a number one smash hit. Uh, one that would have redefined her career to critical acclaim, I believe. Um, you know, it would have been like a, just another benchmark, like like when people loved what she did on Confessions. Um, this demo in particular, and many of them in general, it just pains me so much because we hear the demo version, you know, how it should have been. And then as you said, compared to the album version, just pared down and weaker. It's just so, so disappointing. Like when this demo leaked, I lost my shit. I was so excited to hear this album. It was like, like you said, like fans had been dying for her to do like real dance music. Good, like really, really good melodies, like the music, the lyrics, the the, the the feeling you get from the production, from the sound of the music, like it's that Avicii sound. Like I'm not a huge electronic music fan. I mean, I am, but like not really. Like I don't just listen to like DJ's records like for fun, like at a party, yes, or I'll go to a, I'll go to a, even a rave or whatever. But there's something about Avicii's music and I credit to him being Swedish because I say this all the time, like the best pop music comes from Sweden like whatever the hell they got in the water over in Sweden it's just it just it just lends itself to like really just ooh you can feel it it's so fucking good pop music you just mm, love it like it's that yeah. sound and Avicii's music and his production has that and you hear it all over his demos and in this song in and particular it's still fresh today 6 years later this song is still fresh yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, you know, let's 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 put ourselves in this November, December, twenty fourteen time period, and just remember, this is what Madonna's new album is going to sound like. This song could end up on her album, and oh my God, can you imagine hearing it in, on tour, seeing a music video, like you know getting the sing the single and maybe the remixes and you know maybe some of these will be b-sides and it's just it was such an exciting time to be a madonna fan because it wasn't like we were hoping for a great album we were hearing that it was a great album and it was just a matter of time before we got yeah. to hear it 
that was how that was how excited I was at the time when these when these demos yeah. leaked. Speaking of music videos, I have to give props to some of these fans out there that have put together these fan made music videos for some of these demos. This one being one of them, they're so cool and they they just add to the whole what could have been using footage from around that time. So. Yeah, when um, when Austin put together this YouTube playlist, uh, he could have, you know, when some of the tracks are straight, just the audio and like whatever art is put up for for the video portion. But um, Austin really knows his stuff and he he watched enough of the videos. So when possible, he chose uh, videos for the demos that have that fans have produced that make it more interesting to watch when you're listening. So good Thank job, you. Austin. Um, okay. So the, so the second demo demo number two, <sighs> rebel heart uh, produced by Avicii. And, you know, as I gushed in the last, in, in part one of this podcast, rebel heart is one of my favorite Madonna songs. I mean, like it's one of my favorite Madonna songs. It's my favorite song on the album. And and that's talking about the album version. The demo version for me, the absolute gold standard. Like this is the absolute gold standard of, of how this song should have turned out. Uh, it's just, it just pains me. It just pains me because I listen to it. This is the only version of the song I listen to. I have it on my iPod that I listen to, you know, it's my, my morning shower routine if I, I listen to my pod, my iPod. And lately for for preparing for this episode, these podcast episodes, I've been listening to the demos and I, I can listen to this song on repeat just over and over and over again. I, it's so good. Her, her, whatever falling out she had with Avicii, whatever decision, whatever made her decide to change the demo version to the album version is in my opinion one of the biggest i don't want to say mistakes it's one of the worst decisions that she's made in my opinion of her of her music career yeah this this version of rebel heart is in my top three favorite songs of hers ever it's up there with like a prayer it's it would have it's just it is not to quote the song that's also on here but it's literally the one that got away it's it's yep. it's for me the most baffling decision she's ever made musically ever because it's like she had there's not very yeah. many songs that I think oh this is gonna be a hit for this for Madonna at her age because you know there's an incredible problem with ageism in the charts I think that was her mm -hmm. song to have a hit in her fifties to have just a massive hit in her fifties mm -hmm. but you can't yep. you can't go back in time but thank god we have it i just wonder of all the all the other things in her archives of decisions like that where she's she's made a song worse you know or never released or or never leaked or whatever um and again just let me let me backtrack a little bit i'm not by any means questioning like Madonna's decisions with her career, like whatever she decides is whatever she decides. And I'm just saying as a fan, knowing how much I enjoy, I mean, flat out in lust with this demo version of the song and to, to hear that it was changed in my opinion, made less good. Um, it just pains me. So 
when I say it's a mistake, I just mean it's a mistake for 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 my enjoyment. So yeah. again, whatever decisions and that's totally fine. But you know, sometimes ignorance is bliss. And I mentioned it in in part one. There are so many of the songs that that were leaked as demos and made it to the album. I would have enjoyed them much better had I never heard the demos because I wouldn't know any better. You know, I'd be like, oh, this is a good song. And but but sometimes my enjoyment is lessened because I heard a far superior demo that was changed and not used. Just baffling. You're it's exactly right. Baffling because it like, proves that she still got like a ten out of ten record in her bed. She keeps yep. The, the stuff that she chooses to put out when she's sitting on a gold mine is just, it's strange to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this and not to go off on a tangent because we have songs to talk about, but, you know, in her, in her heyday, Madonna was pushing boundaries. She was making history. She was really being innovative and unfortunately, I would say in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years of her career, she has not been pushing boundaries and she's not been innovating. And, and this era, the Rebel Heart era, was proof that she still was able to, if not be innovative, at least be really fucking entertaining. And she, she did put out an entertaining album and she did put out really good songs, but in my opinion, and in the opinion of, of a lot of people, like I'm not speaking for everybody, and obviously you're speaking for yourself, but in 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 my experience with, with the people I've spoken to and other Madonna fans, when these demos leaked, and even now, so many of us vastly prefer the demo versions and the demos that didn't even make the album to the album tracks that made the final album. Totally. All right, well, let's move on. Track uh, demo three is never let you go. So take it away. What do you think? I love the Billy Idol reference of dancing with myself. I, mm. the whole song is it's chill. It'd be a great album track. It's vibey <laughs> using terrible adjectives. It's, I, it's not like top tier, like, Oh my God, like this would have been a massive hit, but I, I enjoy it better mm -hmm. than many songs on the actual album. I think it's super cool. Yeah. Um, this is a demo that sounds like a demo, but like in a good way. So it's one of those it's it's one of those things for me as a as a music fan, like one of those special things like, you know, it's a demo and that makes it a little bit more enjoyable because you're like in on the mm -hmm. secret. Um, and I feel like with a bit of fortifying production, the song could have been even better. Uh, this one gives me Kylie Minogue vibes. Oh, yeah. totally. You know, I, I, I hear a little bit like it's not like it, it doesn't scream she's trying to be Kylie. It just gives me Kylie vibes. And then it takes me down this whole rabbit hole of like, you know, can you imagine if Madonna made like a Kylie album where she collaborated with like Kylie herself or like Kylie songwriters like Kathy Dennis or, you know what I mean? Can you imagine like what that would sound like? Like not that she ever would, but like that would be really fucking yeah. cool. That, that would, I don't think it'll ever happen. Like you said, I no, agree. No, it won't. But but this this demo kind of like gives me those vibes and it's just like, oh, can you imagine what 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 might be or what yeah. could have been? Um, demo four is Freedom. One of my favorites. Uh, yeah, for me, another, you know, demo that sounds like a demo, like in a good way. Um, 
another attempt of an epic song and one of her better ones. Uh, for an, I, I wrote down, for an unused demo, this song is stronger than many of the album tracks that were selected for her last three to four albums. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I wrote down, if Candy Shop never existed and Freedom Instead was the song that she needed to perform on every single tour since its creation, I would be a much happier Madonna fan. Yeah. I, this is some of her best lyricism. It's up there with Rebel Heart lyrically. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, this is like what Hey You wanted to be, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. This is such, because she's always, you know, she's adopted this persona of like, I'm a freedom fighter. Yep. This is where it makes sense. This is where it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like this would go off on tour. Yep. Everybody would be singing it with her when she does her little speech in the middle is so Madonna, but it's so good. Uh, this is. Yep. And, and. Go ahead. And you and I know, you know, know just as much as many of the Madonna fans. Like, she lives for that shit. She loves for those epic moments. She loves proselytization of, like, you know, as you said, being a freedom fighter. Like, the the line of, like, being the change in the world. Like, how does she not, you know, use this song in that way? Because, as you mentioned with other songs, like, she's she's done it less successfully. Here is a perfect example of how to to use that whole vibe that whole motif and she was like nope yeah and this was the revolution of love song like back in those days everything was hashtag revolution of love and then this was the song that she was hashtagging about and she didn't end up using it i'm like how the fuck did we get best night but we didn't get freedom yeah it 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 it, it, it baffles That's the mind um all of this and you, you hear in the, on so many of these demos you hear her natural voice which i love Yes, yes. That's something that you and I have talked about uh, a little bit this week. It's like, um, you know, in, in demo form, uh, artists, you know, their, their, their vocals aren't processed. It's like more raw than what is produced for the final album cut. So these, these really fantastic songs with Madonna's natural voice. Ah, it's less like, ah, ah, it's, they're so good. They're so good. Like it just, when music makes you like ache, you know, or yearn or just really like feel like goosebumps, like that is the power of music. And she just has this whole collection of songs that make me feel that way. And for whatever reason, they either weren't used or were changed. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next demo, demo five, is Queen. Another like twelve out of ten song. Yep. This song always struck me as yep. a, again her kind of like referencing all of these new artists emerging, and she's kind of like the queen's been slain, she'll never rule again. Kind of just like accepting her fate of just not being on top mm-hmm. anymore, and it's so tragic and it's so like overly vulnerable and honest, especially for her. It's like oh, she's really singing those lyrics, like. That's and mm-hmm. I, this was a song that was literally this is a mastered finished song we're hearing by the way, this was on Rebel Heart Super Deluxe, it was on the track lists. It was taken off like at the eleventh hour, like like weeks before the album was released is when she took it off, and nobody knows why. I mean, especially considering how vulnerable she is on other uh, of the the tracks that made the album, it's like you know. Clearly, a decision was made, probably definitely by her, and the song got cut. Um, 
it, you know, this song could have just been epic. Like this could have been her iconic, her really iconic song. I mean, Madonna, Queen. Yeah. Come on. The merch alone. Can you imagine the music yeah. video? If she had like put this on the album and like made the music video, like, like this is a legacy song that she just decided, no, she didn't want to be part of her legacy, her catalog. Yeah, but then we get sex. Weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like so many of Madonna's decisions in the past 10 years for sure have been extremely baffling to me offline you and I have talked about this many 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 times and you know we've finally gotten to the point in her career where we're talking about her albums where it's just beyond obvious like we can't not talk about the fact that these decisions seem to make no sense at least from a fan perspective um all right, so demo six, nothing lasts. This one is okay. Everybody said that it reminded them of Ray of Light when it leaked, and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. I didn't get those vibes. Um, for me, I you know the car, you're good, kind of an Indian vibe. You know, the program marching band, I didn't mind it, you know, where I didn't like the 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 program drums before when I mentioned it in the last episode in the in part one. This one, it didn't bother me this time. Um, this song could have been a really great track once finished. Um, you know, as these demos came out, it was just like a wow moment for me because these are far and away very strong tracks, even if this isn't like the mm -hmm. best of them. It was just like, Wow. At this point, like, this is what we're getting. Like, I was just so excited for the album to come listening to all of these tracks. Like, the the weakest demo here is better than a lot of the music that she's put out in on her last, you know, three, four, yeah. five albums. Um, just, I remember thinking she is putting together one of the greatest albums of her career there and then was. when the album came out when the album came out it was like oh <laughs> you know and that disappointment like that that crestfallen feeling was a barrier for me to really really enjoy the album like i should have demo seven inside out for me i got Bjorkish homogenic vibes. Um, again, I was like really excited when I heard this one. Um, it, I mean, it just it just thinking about it now, it's just so unfair to to think about what the album would have been like, you know, on Earth Two, where where these demos actually made it to the final album cut. Like, it's just. God, like, I suppose on the one hand, I should be happy that we have them. Like, I have all of these demos on my iPod. I have them on my computer backed up. You know, we have them on YouTube and we can listen to them whenever we want. So it's not like we're deprived of the music, but her, her, her legacy, her catalog, her career, like, doesn't take advantage of these really fantastic songs and it's just like 
why? Yep. Back to the word of the day of baffling. <laughs> yep. Um, I did some, you know, research on this song in particular. Um, the producer, Mike, De- Mike Dean, is a Kanye collaborator. I guess he worked with Kanye around the Yeezus era, I suppose. And he is a uh, Texan. And he worked uh, with Selena. Really? Back when Selena. I yep. did not know that. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't do, you know, I didn't look up every single song, like, to get into it, because we'd be talking forever. Um, But that, 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 I found out that, and I thought, well, that's interesting to know. So, I'm a a Selena producer uh, working with Madonna, and the demo version of this song is just great. What do you think? I put this one on there is, um, because this was one of the ones. Do you get the Bjork thing, or am I crazy? Um, this is one of the songs on part one that I thought the production by Kanye was ruined. This to me is the superior production, Mm -hmm. the mix of like the Bjork homogenic drums, like you said, and the acoustic guitars. It's it like it complements the beauty of the melody and the sincerity of the lyrics in a way that I don't think the album version does. Yep. Yep. Um, Demo 8 is another demo that made the final album, Living for Love, okay. produced by Diplo. What are your thoughts of the demo I version? Think the album version of Living for Love is lukewarm. This one is the hit version for me. There's a whole bridge in here that she cut out where she's singing Lord, Lord, Lift Me, which is so catchy. The use of the gospel mm-hmm. fire makes so much more sense here because they really let them like flesh out their parts, especially towards the end of the song. The beats are way more interesting to me. The album version just sounds like a generic club remix to me. Like this feels like the true version of the song that has heart and it's the choir is, everything just comes together so much better here for me. And I will never understand why they took out that super awesome bridge. I mean, I vastly prefer the songs that Avicii worked on. And many times I it's just, you know, I'm just noticing that I'm just like, you know, oh, the Diplo songs, I'm kind of like just whatever. I, I like Diplo. I think he, he's, he really excels when it's like live, when he's mixing live, when he's performing live, whatever he does up on the, the DJ decks. Um, in particular, like when he's, you know, performing with Madonna, when they did Bitch I'm Madonna on The Tonight Show, like, like that Diplo, I love. He's fun. He's really fun on social media too. Like he's really smart. He's really yeah. funny. Um, so I like Diplo a lot. I feel like, and this is just like my opinion and j- just the way that I, it, 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 I interpret it. Madonna wants like to be cool. Like we all do. Right. And I remember when she was doing like some promo for, I think this album, she was talking about like how she was playing uh, her the, the song she did with Diplo for her kids and they loved it you know she mentioned that Lourdes and Rocco like they love they love that she's working with Diplo and that makes her cool or something like all of that is great so I get why she'd want to work with Diplo and of course I get why he'd want to work with her because it's fucking Madonna like like the you know the greatest female pop star ever and probably our greatest living pop star right now um but like, I don't know. 
they they get close like the the the, their collaboration gets close to really fantastic but something about it just misses the mark a little bit i don't know i don't know if it's i don't think it's anyone's fault i think they they both you know i don't know she wants to be cool he wants to work with madonna you know maybe he's he's you know he's definitely deferring to her because she's the boss maybe you know if he if he didn't defer to her more and 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 was more true to his production style it would really come out cooler i don't i don't know i'm just it's just it's just the way that i always think about like the two of them because you know she's older he's younger and like they party together and i don't know something about like i I like them together i think they're cool together but the the their work together just misses the mark a little bit interesting i don't know Okay, so, um, and that's just my opinion, so. Um, Demo 9, Two Steps Behind, another Avicii song. Who is this song about, Austin? What do you think? I would bet all my money about it being about Lady Gaga. Oh, this is interesting. It's very subtle. (laughs) No. Just a wannabe me. Here we go again in your fantasy. Yeah. You can try, but you're never going to be me. <laughs> it's so lyrically juvenile. The lyrical content is like probably the cringiest out of any. Like I'd say this is cringier than Body Shop because it's just so. No way. Well, for nope. me, it is. This song mm-hmm. is like the the musical personification of like deep insecurity manifesting in like horrible ways. I get what you're saying, and I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I I feel like cringy no juvenile yes there's a difference like you know i'm i'm never going to not like the whole headlights polishing the headlights thing like that is fucking stupid and dumb that's not even clever this juvenile but you know it's like a pop diss track where she's not even really mentioning someone so it's a little more interesting than cringy i think just gonna put that I out just there. Feel like if you're gonna diss like one of the biggest current pop stars in the world, like you have to like bring fire and be super clever. And it's just, I just don't think she did. It's just she's just like you. You're a wannabe. Like it's just like ugh, whatever. But again, you know, wannabe is a slang term that was created because of Madonna fans in the '80s who wanted who wanted to dress like her and who wanted to be her. Like so, even that isn't necessarily, you know, uh, pointed at someone in particular because wannabe exists because of Madonna. Just like Stan is slang that we all use now, and it comes from the Eminem yeah. from Eminem. Wannabe comes from fans who wanted to be Madonna. So yeah. you know what I mean, like. It's again, I, I, I think you're 100% right, but I'm saying it's a little more interesting than just, you know. When we know that Madonna's capable of writing a scathing diss track like Thief of Hearts, or even to a lesser extent, She's Not Me, this just feels like, ooh, like it just, it's, it doesn't hit the mark for me. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, I don't, it's not my favorite either, but um, I think I, I think I don't. I think you don't like it more than I Definitely. do, which is fine. Um, you know, and it's like, it's it's another sign to me that it has, you know, it's it's a 
I think it's a little bit of a bop, whether the lyrical content works or not. I think it it's another song that's indicative of the Swedishness of Avicii's, you know, music production that ugh, the Swedes, man, they've got the market cornered on pop music and, and death meatballs. metal. And meatballs. Um, demo 10 tragic girl pretty song that's what i wrote down too i i wrote down pretty song um i can hear the heartfulness in its raw form i love that madonna is showing a very vulnerable side when she was you know recording songs for this album this was the heart part of her rebel heart theme she was going for um i really wish this one made the cut you know and if the song is really about someone in particular like who who do we think it could be? I mean, you know, how many people could it be? Is it fucking Sean Penn again? Yeah, that's one of the interesting things is like these songs where she really opens up about like breakups. You're like, which one is she talking about? But this is like, this is a song that literally you can hear her singing her heart out, which it's like that didn't, yep. for Rebel Heart's concept, the heart part didn't really show up very often. I would say Joan of Arc and Ghost Town, you know, it's it was... It wasn't, there wasn't, it, it became not what I feel the original concept was. Like this song is so pretty. It's so relatable. Her voice is like almost trembling. Like it's, it, you feel it. This is like one of the vulnerable songs where I thought maybe when she heard it, she's like, no, it's too much. It's like showing too much exposed nerve or something, you know? Um, the line every time you say goodbye it feels like the end of the world every time i start to cry i feel like the most tragic girl like oh, those they are great are. lines and they those line are up great with kind lines. Of like the underlying apocalypse theme that she was setting with the the writing wash mm-hmm. all over me ghost town uh this song it's there was there was definitely like a queen there was definitely a, a theme in her songwriting of like the end of the world and it would have been so interesting for her to explain. The more, the more that you and I talk about, um, you know, the the rebel songs and the heart songs and which songs made it and which songs didn't and why. Um, now what's screaming in my head is she would have benefited from a real executive producer. Mm-hmm. You know, like leaving all the decisions up to her. She's the boss. I get it. It's her album. All of that. I get it. But if she had a true executive producer who is not her and is not, you know, one of the people, the sycophantic people who might have been trying to just kiss up to her and really helped edit this album and really helped bring to fruition her 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 original idea of like, you know, 10 rebel songs and 10 heartfelt songs, then I think feel like it would have been a very different album and i feel like many of these demos would have made it to the final product but that's that's one of the the i think that's one of her um not weaknesses but when you're the boss when you're madonna and you call all the shots no one's gonna say no to you you know like when she wants to walk around with those stupid grills which you like i fucking hate them no one's going to tell her you look stupid because well, yeah, she's I mean, Madonna. When she showed up to the VMAs or whatever in that like traditional African outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pay tribute. With yeah, the braids? Like, 
yeah, and the grills. Was, I'm like, that is just that's just weird. Like, I'm. That's when you need someone who really fucking cares about you to say, maybe not. Maybe especially when you're not. supposed to give a tri- tribute to Aretha Franklin and like you wear that. <sighs> I mean, okay, that's gonna get us off <laughs> in this whole other tangent. But again, it didn't really that 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 whole idea didn't even resonate with me until we started talking about this now that had she had a real executive producer, I think a lot of different decisions would have been made and it would have benefited everybody, her and the fans and the commercial success that her record label was looking for. Okie doke, Demo Levin, Alone With You. Another Avicii song. I love this one, and I love how rough it is. Because I don't think that, I think the more that they polished Mm -hmm. it, the it would have lost its charm. Like Mm -hmm. when she's she's, uh, singing, and then in between the two lines, she says, like, pick it up to the guitar player. Like, that's just so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I have written down, it's another reminder that Madonna and Avicii uh, are near perfection together. Um, I wish he had befriended Avicii instead of Diplo, who I like, but I think Avicii's work with Madonna, which is, you know, never been released like this one, is way much stronger, so much more interesting, and so much more proof that Madonna is capable of true, lasting Mm -hmm. greatness. Her work with, with Diplo is fun, I guess, but it's super banal when compared to these Avicii songs. Like this is this is such a simple song, but it's so fun, and it's so easy yep. to pick up and sing yep. along to. And it's yeah, I don't know. I, it's it, it always makes me smile because it's just so, for lack of a better word, fun. Yeah. Um, demo twelve is borrowed time, uh, another Vici song, and this one made the album. This one I put in here because. I it's pretty much it's pretty similar to the album version except for the fact that there's a very Avicii breakdown here whereas opposed to on the album version it just keeps the same tempo and the same beat and it just samples her voice saying live it up live it up live it up over and over again and this is like this song like explodes into a million fireworks after the chorus and that's why I love this version so much more because it's like it, I, I could see why maybe she didn't include this version because this is like so Avicii. Like this is literally Avicii featuring Madonna on this song. With the... See, and this is kind of what I was alluding to uh, in part one when I said maybe, you know, taken in some Madonna was like, these Avicii songs sound too much like him. I want them to sound more like me. You know, like I, I feel like, and I, it just a wild guess, but you know, we keep saying that Avicii sound and Avicii, Avicii, Avicii. And, you know, maybe that's what other people were saying to Madonna too. And she was like, no, people should be saying Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. I Just me as Um, an Avicii fan, somebody who loves his work, mm -hmm. I love that there's a song. Like, I think that would have been a cool thing, like after Rebel Heart for maybe like on Avicii's next record to have like Avicii featuring Madonna borrowed time because it works. It works so well. No shit. And it maybe it wouldn't have fit on the album, but it's so good with their creative energies together. Mm -hmm. It could have found its home somewhere. Yep. Yep. I mean, again, in that perfect world where, well, that perfect world for me, where Madonna befriended Avicii over Diplo, like, you know, Rebel Heart would have been a very different album 
And all of these Avicii demos would have been more fully realized and she would have had like massive, massive success. And then, you know, his his stock market would have gone up, his market value would have gone up too. And then, you know, he's playing these massive, you know, festivals and then here comes Madonna and they have like another, you know, song for his album or something. And it's just like, I can just see how at 50 and 60, she could be quote unquote as cool as I think as she really wants to be. Yeah. For real. Their their creative you know? partnership is is just as fruitful as say her and Stuart Price. Where I agree. And I will say, as much as I love Stuart Price, um, and I really, really love Confessions, if 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 this collaboration with Avicii had fully realized itself, I think um that music would have been in my for me more appealing than her stuff with Stuart Price. And and that says a lot because you know how much I fucking love yeah. her work with Stuart Price and, and well, Confessions on a Dance Floor. Because it's like they're like Madonna and Avicii's creative energy it just seems like like fate. Like it was just too perfect. But it's odd that they, you know, for whatever reason didn't mm-hmm. get along. And it's always struck me that he was kind of like shy and didn't have like a super strong personality. Yeah. And I think that might have been something to do with it. And whereas Diplo is like an incredibly I mean, strong personality and it seems like Madonna likes to work with people that will like, that will yeah. boss her around and be like, no. Yeah, he definitely, like Diplo definitely has big dick energy and I think she really gets yeah. off on that. And Avicii just seemed like a nice quiet um, guy and- who was just a musical genius, but he wasn't probably like, yep. you know, storming in the studio and being super aggressive and assertive, but who knows? It's all, you know, get again. My part. Well, I mean, to be honest, and not to, you know, bum everybody out, but, you know, he clearly struggled with personal issues and, you know, he took his own life. So clearly, you know, not, not, um, wasn't meant to be. You seem like such a sweet guy. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. All right, so demo 13, God is love. Normally, you know, I saw this and I was like, oh, like I, I'm not a fan of like when Madonna does the religious thing because I don't think she necessarily always hits it out of the ballpark. I, I think she does it really well. She does it really well. And, um, you know, the song title, I rolled my eyes. Um, but as a demo, I like the song. Like maybe if it did make the album, I I would be like, you know, eh, I don't know. But for whatever reason, as a demo, as a as an as a not fully realized, not official release, I like yeah. this song. I think it's it's um, lyrically very. I love the line, "Jesus didn't die for your sins, so you could treat all the people like shit." Which, kind of, yep. I kind of laugh that it's Madonna singing that because I love her, but she does. She does have but a it's history true. of like, you know, not being the nicest person ever. But um, and this is also a funny thing, because in in uh, one of when she was going live with Diablo Cody, like some fan was like, will you ever release God is love? And they kept like spamming it. And she could had no memory that she'd even recorded a song called God is love. Or so she said. So not that the people listening don't know what you're talking about, but just for clarity. So Madonna is working with Diablo Cody on the screenplay for a film she's working on about her her life. It's like an autobiographical film, we understand. And uh, in recent months, she has gone on Instagram Live just 
turning the camera on and sitting with Diablo, drinking wine and tapping on her computer and which is just a great insight for fans to just see Madonna, like be Madonna, like on the couch, which is so cool. So that's what you're, (laughs) that's what Austin is referencing when he mentions Diablo. Okay. Um, Demo 14 is heaven. Heaven. Heaven strikes me as a song that, Probably I would guess that instrumental was done already and she thought it was cool and she sang a couple times over it with some words that she'd come up with and abandoned it after that. It seems this is this feels like one of the most rough demos to me. It feels very not fleshed out. It feels very like con- conceptual. I don't think they worked on this one very much. And it, it shows. It's her her the the range that she's singing in doesn't work for her voice and it's kind of just this one's kind of like the weirder one of the weirder ones to me. It just seems like maybe they worked on it for a minute and they're like, yeah, this isn't going to work and then just left it. That is very interesting insight because that never occurred to me that this might be something that was given to her and she tried to work it out and they decided it didn't work out. Like that didn't even occur to me, but you're that makes total sense. Um, uh, for me, it's like decent demo has potential. Not my favorite of the demos, but there's like. I, I think there's potential, but I think it would be something that would that would be good that like she did with um, Alone Again, where she co-wrote and demoed a song, but then ended up giving it to another artist, which in that instance was Kylie Minogue. Oh yeah, I think that if, if yeah. it's a good like the the idea and the lyrics and the melody and stuff is cool. It's just not I just don't think it suits Madonna's voice or her vibe. I think that if she if she like finished writing it and gave yeah. it to another artist, like you know, is some because it's always a big deal when she does that. That would have been a cool thing, but. I don't think it was right for this project. Um, demo 15, Illuminati, one of the songs that made the yes. album. And this version is so far superior, and I love it. Totally agree. Totally agree. This demo version is the way they should have gone it's with it. It's fun. Like, the Kanye version is, like, dark and weird and depressing, and this version is, like... because. I think that when you listen to the Kanye version, it's just the lyrics sound ridiculous and stupid compared with like how dark and serious uh-huh. the instrumental is here. This instrumental in this presentation, it adds a campiness to it and the sense of humor to it. Yeah. Cause when I heard like, this was one of my initial first favorite demos. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, like this is like, like she's being like, you know, she's being tongue in cheek and there's humor behind this. And it's, you know, it's like got this kind of dancey beat and the acoustic guitars and it's just, it's campy and it's fun. But when you take away the campiness and the and the fun aspect of Illuminati, you're just left with a song that's like a word salad that makes it seem like she's being obtuse and overly serious. That is a really, and really this good. Is a, um, a perfect example of how the presentation of lyrics can make or break a song. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally agree. I, I feel like uh, this was like a good start and the song could have been better than it turned out. Um, demo 16 is trust no bitch rumored to be an Natalia kills song. This is, now we're getting into the part where things get bizarre. This uh-huh. is, this feels, this feels in the vein of holy water to me. And I remember 
Is that a good a thing or a thing. bad thing? And I remember around this time, she was always wearing this necklace that said, trust no bitch. And I feel like she probably was online and saw this necklace that said, trust <laughs> no bitch. And she was like, hey, that, let's make a song about this necklace I found that I keep posting on my Instagram. And um, hmm. it's just like, I this, like, this is another one that feels kind of like word salad to me. Like, who is she? Who is she singing about? Like, what bitch are we not trusting? It just felt like there was a time when maybe she just wanted every song to have the word bitch in the title. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because she definitely was in like this bitch mode because she wanted to make it. It, it, it feels to me like she really did. She really wanted to make a bitch song mm-hmm. happen. And it was either going to be Trust No Bitch or Bitch yes. I'm Madonna. And this song also feels very rough. Like, like maybe a day was spent on it to me. Yeah. You know, I, I, again, it's like rumored that Natalia Kills wrote it. You know, maybe maybe Natalia was inspired by her Instagram post where she saw Madonna posting <laughs> her necklace. And she was like, hey, let's try this. And like, maybe they filled around with it and it yeah. didn't go anywhere. I don't know. Uh, Demo 17. Very interesting one. Take a Day featuring Pharrell Williams. I love this song. I like the song it has nothing it has no place remotely anywhere (laughs) on rebel heart it's just but this is again it's fun it's like it's silly it's fun it's campy when she's like we can just bang 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 and then in the end he's like you so nasty Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's just fun like i love Mm -hmm. their i love their chemistry together and like definitely this has no place on rebel heart I don't know why on earth after the reception of hard candy and then MDNA being pantry, like maybe I'll start going for the hard candy sound again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that these, cause this is one of two Pharrell Williams demos that, uh, that apparently were, were written or at least planned for the, this 13th album when it was still mm-hmm. taking form. And when not knowing that, I just assumed that these were hard candy leftovers. I assumed that these were demos that, um, you know, just leaked with the rest of her demos and then they were put out and people just assumed that they were part of this uh, album mm-hmm. um, era because they're yeah. so out of place. But then it turns out that these were actually intended for her 13th album. So now my um, my theory is, these are really, really early on in the process. She probably said, hey, Pharrell, I'm working on a new album. And then he probably came up with these two songs. And thankfully, she was like, you know what? No, these are yeah. too hard candy. This one is the Gotta one go. of, that I really, really like. And this, like, um, what was the song earlier that I thought would have been a cool, oh, Borrowed Time, where it would be cool to, like, be released on a different project, like maybe a Pharrell project. I mm-hmm. love this song. It's so fun. Like the whole like dreamy island vacation vibe is not something she'd really, well, I guess with La Isla Bonita, but like she hadn't really done a song like this before. And it was surprisingly mm-hmm. fresh for being her and Pharrell again. And it's just, I always enjoy it. I, I never skip it because it's just a fun listen. And then generally talking about Madonna's work with Pharrell, it's like hit or miss. Some songs I really like, some songs I really don't. Um, and oh, I, I like this one, but again, you're you're I think has no place anywhere remotely close to these other Rebel Heart songs. But I like your idea of um, 
maybe it could have found life as a Neptune's project featuring Madonna or something. Um, Demo 18 is Back That Up, which did not make the Rebel Heart album, but did make it to Badam X. This is one of those instances where I just am 100% convinced that she's just music's biggest troll sometimes because she's making <laughs> Madam X and she's thinking what's the one what's one of the demos that I did for my last album that was like the least popular that people liked the least <laughs> and how can I repurpose it for this new album and so she does that and surprisingly improves on it massively and turns it into a bop because she she brings the Madam X vibe to it and she brings in like the the northern african sounds that she was using for madame x and she she like completely restructured the song and it became super cool what her and mirways did with it but this demo was just like oh like what in the hard candy like leftover mess is this (laughs) um i wrote down like i i just wrote down like uh this says to me that Madonna was so pissed that her demos were leaked that she, you know, decided they're not going to go on Rebel Heart, but, you know, she wanted to salvage something for her next album. And for whatever reason, this is the one she picked. Um, I don't know. I guess it also speaks to, you know, Madonna really, really shines when she has a collaborator who she listens to. Because I would argue that Mirways probably doesn't kowtow to her. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like their their collaborative uh, work ethic is probably more um, egalitarian. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, I don't think that she just walks in and makes every decision and Rain has no pushback from him. Yeah, whereas I would say, and this is just speculation, but I feel like maybe someone like Diplo probably just does whatever she wants. I mean, he does what he does, but like if she if she pushes back, he probably doesn't. No, push. I think she, the the people that she keeps around are the people that stand up to her and say no. Like I remember when I you I think totally so think because so. I feel like a lot of times the people she keeps around say yes to I her. Mean, it wouldn't. That's why. That's why sometimes when she makes crazy decisions, you know, it's like. I Who let her do this? Collaborators are different than business collaborators. Like I remember when Hard Candy happened, yeah. and she made this whole thing. Like Pharrell's the only person who's ever made me cry in the studio because of like you know how. But I'm like, but then she like of all like she never usually returns to working with people again. But then she returns to Pharrell, and then like Mirways has always been like, yeah. There's a lot of times I'm just like mm-hmm. fuck no, and then we get into big fights about it. But then I'm like, she keeps bringing him back. I'm like, she brings the people back to work with her artistically that like that stand up to her in my opinion. Yeah. And that's when she's most successful. That's when she's satisfied and we, the fans are satisfied because the music is good. Sigh. Um, All right. So demo 19 is score (laughs) for this one. I wrote, yeah, I don't know about this one. Maybe inspired by her Super Bowl experience. A Madonna sports theme song with the electronic fanfare is odd. Uh, as a demo, it's fun though. Uh, I think for sure I'd be all, what the fuck had this made the album? But in this demo purgatory where it exists 
but it's not official. It'll never be released officially. It's fun. And I'm charmed by it. I love the chorus. Imagine if this was her Super Bowl single instead of Give Me All Your Love. Yes, yes, yes. But this is like, what, three years too late? It's just... That's why I was like, that's why I was like, oh, maybe this is from like her Super Bowl. But I, I had, you know, I had realized that Super Bowl was yeah. 2012. That was years before she was thinking about well, this album. It's another weird thing where she was like, oh, people really didn't respond well to my sports themed. Give me all your love and song. Maybe I'll try it. Try it again. Weird, weird. And this one is really sporty. Like the fanfare, like that shit that I played in marching band, like at football yeah, games but and like stuff. What makes it work is that it goes like, so over the top and so heavily into camp and ridiculousness. That yeah. again, yeah, humor. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like over the over. Yeah, for sure, it's campy and that makes it fun. But it really is like what the fuck. And for sure, if this was on a Madonna album for real, I would have been like, what the fuck is she doing? But as a demo, it's weird and quirky, and that makes it fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. And finally, Demo 20, Take It Back, the second collaboration with Pharrell Williams. I wanted to go out on a low note with this playlist. (laughs) Wait, really? I didn't really think of it until this exact moment. I'm like, maybe I should have ended with like a really great, like great demo from this record. But I'm like, no, I'm just going to end it with one of the worst ones. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know having two Pharrell demos you know in in this mix they really stand out because they're so like different from the rest of them or at least you know they're they're very they're very hard candy they're very Pharrell and you know even these two songs sound very samey to me um but that's just you know that's that's Pharrell's style that's his whole Neptune's thing like that's what he does and and again I it 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 it's hit or miss for me. Some Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily dislike this one and I don't necessarily dislike the other one. I just think both of them together sound too much alike and they both sound so out of place with the rest of the demos that I'm just like, what? Yeah. it's uh, They have no semblance of Rebel Heart and then the Pharrell songs. And that is the end of our demos playlist on youtube what a journey it's been okay so we are at the end of part two of our rebel heart era um do you have any final thoughts on the demos the era in general any parting words? We've laughed, we've cried, we've been to a ghost town, we've been to Heartbreak City, we've entered the body <laughs> shop, we've re-entered the candy shop, we've gone through massive internet leaks, we've been torn off stage in our cape, it has been a journey. <laughs> it has been a journey. We have lost two amazing, amazing musicians and artists who, you know, did some really fantastic work uh, with Madonna in this era. And I, I have to say the demos that Avicii worked on that were leaked, that we have, that we're talking about, that we can listen to whenever we want, to me are a gift. 
these demos, you know, the Vici ones, the rest of them, even the Pharrell ones, make up for me one of my favorite Madonna musical moments. And, you know, it's not a real album. It's not like officially canon, but because they're part of this era, it really makes the Rebel Heart era much more appealing and it makes it stand out much more um like i just enjoy it more taken in some when you when you take the demos and you take the final album and all of it together i mean it's a little bit of a hodgepodge but the the good far outweighs the bad i think um and this was only two albums ago so at the very least you know you know we're not going to get into the whole Madam X thing right now. But the fact that, you know, this era is not that long ago. It's, you know, just two albums ago. And the potential for Madonna to, you know, surprise us, to collaborate with people that will, you know, that could create music and art that makes fans excited, that makes me super fucking excited to be a fan again that reality is is a very real possibility. So, you know, if anything, the, the this era gives me hope that there's there's much more of this kind of really great music to come from Madonna. Um, okay, so we have finished um, talking about the Rebel Heart era. So we have successfully talked about Madonna eras from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. So whether we go back and do it all over again, because there are a lot more Madonna records out there to talk about, remains to be seen. But I want to thank you, Austin, for your commitment to talking about these albums with me and putting in your hard work. And I always appreciate your contributions and I love our music conversations, so this has been fun for me. Hopefully, hopefully it is uh, enjoyable for the listeners out there. Yeah. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, we are interesting people to listen to, right? Okay, so before we say goodbye, um, I am going to uh, play the entirety of the demo version of Rebel Heart. Um, instead of just clipping it out, I really just want to play the whole demo. So Austin and I will say goodbye and then keep listening to hear Rebel Heart, the demo version in full and enjoy it until next time when I come at you next time. So. Bye from Trent in LA. Bye from Austin, wherever the fuck I am in the mountains. <laughs> All right, dude. I will talk to you later and I'll see you listeners. And I don't think
satisfied, satisfied Tried to fit in, but it wasn't me I said, oh no, I want more That's not what I'm looking for So I episode of Spooky Electric has a playlist that I have created for each individual episode. The playlist can be found on my Spotify account, Trent Venegas, in the playlist folder titled Spooky Electric. The playlist track listings are listed on the Spooky Electric Instagram at Spooky Electric, where the O's are zeros. S-P-0-0-K-Y-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C.